0: I'm going to hear from a woman in a moment who has direct experience of living under the controversial direct provision system in this country as an asylum seeker. Uh, Believe it or not, we now have had the direct provision system in Ireland for 23 years, despite indications at the time that it was only a temporary measure. And despite numerous, and I mean numerous political promises down the years from all sides, that the system was being abolished and reformed. Uh, and more recent uh, promises as well. Um, we are also joined in studio by Donal Kelly of Manor Hamilton, well-known author and playwright who's written a new book on direct provision uh, which uh, had its conic launch in Manor Hamilton last evening. It's called Message to Government, End Direct Provision and Tackle the International Protection uh, Process. Uh, welcome uh, to Donal and I'd also like to welcome uh, by phone Donna uh, Vuma uh, Donna, good morning to you. First of all, we'll talk with you and thanks for joining us. Um, tell us a, a little bit about your own story. How long were you living in the direct provision system in Ireland, Donna? Uh,
1: good morning, Malcolm. Thank you so much uh, for having me. So I was living in the direct provision system since 2014 when I arrived in the country uh, with, my child, with my three children. Um, and I left direct provision in 2019 after i had the right to work so i was able to work um and afford to rent private accommodation but i was only granted my refugee status in january um of of this year so i suppose i was in the um protection in yeah. the application uh, system for over 8
0: years 8 years mm-hmm. yeah a long time and three children as you say uh, donna yes. As well. So, what, what, what was the system like, and what was the accommodation like, and the facilities like during the time you were there?
1: Oh, right. Uh, it, the The perfect way to describe it is uh, absolutely empty for purpose. Um, you can imagine if you have a family, you, you obviously want to have a space that you can make a home, where you're able to prepare meals for them, where they have space to come home to and and, and do their homework. Um, and have play dates with friends, um, etc. But uh, also, as a parent, you want to be able to provide for their every need, you know, meet their, their, um, their dietary requirements, be able to to send them to school with all the necessary items they need. Um, unfortunately, during the time that I was in direct provision, we did not have the right to work. Um, we did not have the right to, to further our education. Um, we were on a weekly allowance of €19.10 a week, um, and no entitlement whatsoever to any other social welfare payment be- besides that weekly living um, allowance of €19.10. And the the direct provision centre that I lived in was um, an old army barracks. This this was in just on the border of, of Clare and Limerick, yeah. and prefab uh, block buildings where there's no cooking facilities. You're not able to prepare your own meals. Um, it's li- it was literally two single bedrooms that, that we had to share. All our meals were provided in the canteen um, three times a day. So, you know, the the life that we lived was very monotonous. We, we had to wake up in the morning, go and get your breakfast. Um, you go in at lunchtime at one between 1 and 2pm, you get your lunch. You go in again at dinner between 5 and 7, you get your dinner. Um, and that's it, it, it I found that, you know, it, it lagged in so many ways. It wasn't yeah. suitable for the children. It didn't meet their dietary requirements. It didn't meet their nutritional requirements. Um, you didn't get to have a say in terms of what was being served. Um, but also outside of those contained hours, as you can imagine, if you have toddlers or you have children in the house, um, you know, they, they want to be able to, to have a little bit of snacks or whatever, in, in the direct provision center at that time, we were not allowed to bring food to the room, um, for example. Um, there was a time when my little boy got very sick. He was about five years old at that time. And I went to, to the management at about um, at about 1 a.m. just to ask for something as simple as a slice of bread or milk to give this very sick child. And I was rudely denied um, just a simple slice of bread. Um, and and all, all of this, because I wasn't able to to, to provide that for myself, um, and I wasn't able to bring that to my room either. So these are the kind of horrors um, yeah. that we we were forced to live with uh, in direct provision. Simple things like your, your toiletries, your, t- your toilet paper, for example, had to be provided by the contractor. So um, we'd be queuing up on a Monday just to go and get a bottle of shampoo, um, a, a tube of toothpaste, um, and toilet paper. If that runs out before the next supply on on the next Monday, then that's that's your problem. You have to find a way to make ends meet on that 19 euro 10 cents. That means your clothing, your your toiletries, your, you know, whatever else is necessary, I suppose, to leave. Um, but what I found was that it was very infantilizing. It, it just, it, it took away my dignity as a person, as a parent. Um, it took away my identity as well.
0: Um, okay, and, and, you said, and, and based on your experience, you, you've gone on and are still campaigning for uh, mm-hmm. for the rights of those still under the direct provision system. Uh, you're involved mm-hmm. in Masai, as I, I know, um, and I mean there, there have been promises, as you know, very recent promises from the minister for children that the direct accommodate or the direct provision system would end, but it's it's it's, it's it hasn't come about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, is that angry at all?
1: I find it very, very disappointing. Um, we've campaigned for the end of the direct provision system for a very long time. Um, we have always said that we do not want a reform um, of the system. No one wants to live comfortably in the direct provision system. People want to be able to live um, in communities and contribute positively to society. Um, and what, what we don't want is um, what we say to the government, because we don't want a system where you will say to people, we're giving you on-door accommodation, but you're still managing their lives, essentially. Um, you have to give people the right to live and work and study in communities. And, well, I always took that, that commitment to to end the direct provision system with skepticism. Um, I always felt like it was going to be more of a reforming system under a different name. Um, and it's very unfortunate now because, you know, that commitment has been pushed back um and you know they we, we first got the the, um, the excuse that it was because of the covid the covid happened mm. okay great now unfortunately you know the war in ukraine has happened so um countries had to take in <clears throat> more people and we refuse to accept that um as an excuse the the the, the 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 means um are uh are there to end the system and it should just be ended people should just yeah. be allowed to live in the communities, resources in the communities in terms of housing, you know, um, yeah. kind of doctors, etc. should be increased in the local communities okay. um, to allow people to be able to, to, right. to not live in institutional settings.
0: Okay. Uh, Donal Kelly, you're welcome to the studio. And, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Niall. And you you feel very strongly about this. It. Obviously, if you write a book about it, but you no, have done. No, no, I know for a number of years. Just clarify
2: though, Niall. I um I didn't write this book. This book, the content of the book, is the testimonies of ten people who've In, experienced. Including Donna's narrative right? Including yet. Donna. Yeah. Um. Donna was one of the ten. Um, uh people who get testified to, and and their their testimonies are that's what the book is it's a kind of a compilation of the testimonies of ten people who've endured it. Yeah. I had just a minor role in compiling it but Thanks for saying it, because I am actually, uh, at the moment, writing a book to encompass the whole, how direct provision came to be in Ireland. So in about a year's time, I'd be happy to come in and talk about yeah. that. What, but what, is, um, from,
0: from what you know, uh, and I, I know how, how, how strongly you feel about this, will we look back in years to come and, and wonder, how did we allow this to happen? How did we allow direct provision to be acceptable?
2: Yeah, and I think... This, or
0: was there a more acceptable way of... Dealing with our asylum seekers?
2: Well, yes, there certainly was, and there is still. And uh, in the actually, the government white paper. Um, Based on the day report that they published in January 2021, was a big advance towards a much better way. Yeah. But uh, but now that seems to be shelved. It's put on ice. All the messages from government are reneging on that fir- firm
0: commitment. Yeah. because given. of the, you, the Russian invasion, That's, as Donna uh, said, do, do you, do you yes, accept but, that or not? Or?
2: It, well, there has always been an excuse: it was the Syrian war, the Ukra- Ukrainians coming? There's it, the, the bottom line: is direct provision is inexcusable. It always has been, and it still is. The, um, the, it was brought in, the, it was first introduced, the notion of it, in May 1999. Yeah. And that was the month that the government issued an apology for child abuse in industrial schools and reformatories over the previous decades, six, seven decades. It was, it's, I think it's, it's instructive that in this practically the same week of history, one um, form of coercive confinement was consigned to the past, and another form was introduced.
0: What would be? What would have been a better way, do you think, in hindsight? Well, the, the, really, the, and, and you the, know, you you know, and already there'll be texts yeah. coming in saying we were good enough to facilitate the asylum seekers and to look after them and to uh, put a roof over their heads and feed them and so forth.
2: There will always be that, but and it's to me it always feels like, like it's like looking at life through the wrong end of the telescope the p- point is like the the even the day report the government commission's day report which was the uh, which informed the the white paper on ending direct provision and reforming the international protection process, it um, it laid out in quite in good in detail what the requirements were for um, uh, people to be, if you like, equally accommodated within society. You've got to remember, the right to work was only granted because the Supreme Court informed the government that they had behaved unconstitutionally for seventeen years in executing that. Um, ban on the right to work for asylum seekers. Only one other country in the EU had a ban, and that was Lithuania. Yeah. And the, when direct provision was introduced in 1999, one of the excuses given was, well, we got... we." Got to be in step with uh, UK immigration procedures, but at the time UK had brought in draconian immigration procedures and had introduced a series of immigration acts: 1971, 1981, 1999, that were based on it being an imperialist colonial power that was trying to exclude its mm. the people who'd suffered under British colonialism. And why we would take on the same, an equal kind of measure of punitive. Of measure to exclude people is uh, is kind of it, it 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 needs to be examined. What kind of yeah. kind of um, societal insanity produced that? You know.
0: Well, Donna was telling us there of situations where she had to queue along with her uh, young children, queue up for shampoo and toilet paper. So is that is that indicative of? I mean, are, is that a sort of experience you had you had found with the the rest of the people you interviewed for.
2: This little book is 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 full of such a uh, such incidents, and that's just the day to day. Um, it, day-to-day accommodation procedures, if you like. There's, as well as that, there are big problems with the actual international protection process and particularly the area of legal aid. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, a testimony in this book of somebody whose interview was seven hours long and I've heard of others, uh, people as well, who've informed me they International Protection Office interview goes on uh, for that length of time. They're just little small examples, you know. And uh, it's all exclusion from the from third level education is a huge problem as well. Denial of people so that their whole lives are stalled for maybe four or five years, not on their account, but on account of uh, a lack of processing in the system and in our, in our Irish state uh, system. You know, yeah. one person here in the book, uh, her case was lost for three years. Uh, her... her Application form was lost, and her the, life put on hold, like for three years.
0: There's an argument which you've heard, I'm sure, many, many times uh, down the years, and some are making that argument again this morning. It won't be uh, a strange one to you. And I'll just read out one of the messages we got from a person who rang in, saying, "Why keep running down a country that gives you shelter and food? There are so many Irish people out there who cannot afford to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They would be glad." to be housed under a direct provision system. The hospital story you ran is far more important than giving so much coverage to people who run down the goodness of our country. Stop taking them in. What do you say to that, Donald, Uh, Um, that that we should look after our own first and foremost? Again, you've heard this many, many times before, as has Donna, I'm sure.
2: I totally support people's, not only their right, but their uh, duty to to protest against... uh, housing shortage, uh, um, inadequacies in the health system, there's one group of people who are very definitely not responsible for that, and that's refugees. They are actually of the entire population. But the people who are responsible are our elected representatives. And I'm, I'll be there when the protests are, when the housing protests are on, when the protests about uh, funding the health care properly mm. are, is on. It's all linked there's it's it's completely insidious to try to uh, target a vulnerable sector of the community already as somehow to blame. Yeah, they are demonstrably the one section that
0: cannot possibly be okay. to blame for that. Don, Don is still with us. Don, you get that, or do you get mm-hmm. that? or You get that uh, uh, suggestion or position put forward? I'm sure. What do you um, say yeah. to that?
1: I've, I've, heard, I've heard a number of, uh, of people say that, um, but I suppose what my, my response is always the same, that um, no one should ever be institutionalized. No one should be um, forced to live in, in, in conditions such as those of direct provision, whether the person is homeless or not. Um, adequate housing should be provided by the state. But also another thing that we have to keep in mind is that seeking asylum is not a crime. It is a human right. It's a fundamental human right. Um, And people don't necessarily leave their homes unless something terrible is driving them away from their homes and from their home country. So I suppose, just like Donal has said there, um, the problem is not um, people coming to Ireland to seek protection um, due to the fear of persecution, but the problem is the state not putting enough Putting in place enough resources for everyone that's in the country. Um, so it's, it's it's the housing shortage that we should be looking at. It's the it's the funding in terms of the healthcare that we should be looking at. All those things that make up um, a, a society or allow it to function adequately is what we should be looking at. Um, even if we were to wake up and give you know a house to every single person, if those ne- if those structures are not in place we will still continue fi- to find a way um to shift blame and uh to look for someone to point a finger at and it it, it shouldn't be one group of um disadvantaged or vulnerable people pointing a group uh, a finger to another uh, yeah. group of uh people in the same position right. okay it should be you know uh Okay. Kind of ways to, to advocate for better.
0: All right. Uh, thanks thanks for that, uh, Donald. The book is called um, Message to Government, Indirect Provision and Tackle the International Protection System. And you would hope that would be tackled before too long, Donald, I'm sure. Uh,
2: I'm hoping very much so. Yeah. A big thanks to Full via Manor Fiat Hamil- at Manor Hamilton Castle last night for hosting the Connacht launch of the book. And the Munster launch will be on sometime in the very near future. <laughs> That'll be the four provinces' tour of launches completed.